Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. Here at No Limits, we are on a mission to make a difference in the lives of others. We want to help people know God, find freedom, and discover purpose. It's a journey, and we're all walking it together. So wherever you're listening from, we pray that you are encouraged and empowered by this week's message. Well, welcome to No Limits. So glad that you're with us. You chose the best place to be on Sunday morning. Go ahead and give your neighbor a pat on the back and say, good job, good choice. If you're joining us online, just want to say, hey, I'm really glad that you're with us. Today we have uh, another special guest speaker. I'm excited. We haven't heard from this guy in a while. It's going to be good stuff. So would y'all welcome to the stage, Carrie Sims. This brother's so faithful. He's been a part of our church for a really long time. And dude, you're such an encouragement to me. And we're blessed to have you here. Thank you. I need to stand up. Thank you, Cade. All right, everybody look at the person sitting next to you. Kids, if you're sitting there, look at them, stare them right in the eyes. Don't you look at me, you look at that person right in the eyes. You look at them square in the eyes. All right, now I want you to say this. Look at them. Brindley, I see you looking at me. Look at You have the prettiest nose I ever saw. All right, hold on a minute. I've got to figure out how to work this thing because I am not four foot. You need to go higher? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So uh, bless you, brother. Is that high enough? Yeah. How many of you guys have been on 21 days of prayer at some point? Man, it's really been awesome. I want to tell you what. Where's Candace? Candace? Girl, I'm going to prophesy over you right now and tell you you're going to be up on stage preaching. And you know, what I love is the joy that exudes from you when you're doing it. It's like it just oozes out of you. And that is something that is so fun to be a part of. I want to encourage you. Just remember, when, you're, when the time comes, go. Okay? Uh, yeah. Kate, Kate and Beth, I'm sorry, I don't, I'm not used to using uh, Kate and Beth, man, they did awesome that first, uh, first week, was it? And, uh, you know, I got Beth, between her and Candace and Brindley, I, I was trying to prepare a message all week, and they kept stomping all over my message. It was like, what are y'all doing? You're ripping me off. I was like, what? Why are you doing this? And then it finally hit me. It was like, well, how's, here, how's faith come? By hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing. I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I need to hear it like 15,000 times before it finally I get one of those marks and I go, oh, I get it, I get it, I finally get it. You know, I, uh, sometimes, you know, hey, women, that guy that you're married to, I'm going to tell you now, you younger ones, his light bulb doesn't even come on until he's 30. And then it starts flickering. It just flickers a little bit. My wife will testimony to that one. Uh, you know, that's just the way it goes. I, uh, I came in the church door this morning. Man, I got such a, a spirit of anticipation about what God's doing. Not, not just in our church, but what he's doing in the world. And, and some of y'all on camera and in here are kind of looking at me like, what do you mean? Spirit of anticipation. 
Just hold on. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about it today. I want to know, Gina, I asked Gina this morning when she came in, did you bring your tambourine? Chris, I wanted to see him in his dancing shoes. We'll see Chris Rose before too long. Uh, I want to thank Cade for having the confidence to allow me to come up here and talk. I don't know if y'all realize it or not, but Mark will probably tell you it's kind of dangerous. (laughs) Um, Y'all, God's calling for a great repentance today is what he's calling for. You know, it's the, the revival is not dependent on who's in the White House. It's who's on the throne. Amen? It's who's on the throne. Y'all, there's life beyond Facebook. There's life beyond social media. When's the last time you ever changed somebody's mind on Facebook? When's the last time they ever changed yours? I was talking to Nate about that the other day. And I, it was like, never. N- not once. No, it's not going to happen. You know, guys, we're living in a time when Satan doesn't even hide anymore. And the world still can't see him. I mean, think about it. If you're too party-minded, you're never going to be much use in the kingdom of God. Did you hear me say that, some of y'all? I'm, I'm preaching to myself, too, on this one. Rise above that and be kingdom-minded. And realize we're supposed to be in this world, but not of it. Amen? You know, this is another Beth Steele God never said the weapons wouldn't be formed. He said they wouldn't prosper. Okay? Make no mistake, you guys. We're in the battle for the very soul of our nation. It's good versus evil. No way around that fact. In fact, it's not just our nation. It's a global shaking. And if you don't have discernment, and you don't have an inner check and know how to listen to that right now, you can get really confused. You can get really unsettled. I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. Um, God, God's on the move. He's doing something. Um, I'm going to turn to a chapter real quick. Man, I'm struggling with this, you guys, because I didn't know if I wanted to share it. How, 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 how do you know sometimes, how many of y'all know that sometimes uh, you resist what God's trying to move you into? Well, I want to read Acts 2.17 to you real quick. This is off, off my message, but I want to read it to you. And it shall come to pass in the land last days says, God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Y'all, I'm an old man. It kind of came to me when I, me and God have talks. Me and and God have these talks, and it's kind of like, yo, daddy. I just read that scripture, and are you trying to tell me something? And, and the thing is, back in late February, early March, I think it was, uh, I started getting some dreams. And these dreams were so vivid and so real that uh, I knew God was speaking 
to me. I've had those before, and I think God's been working me into that area, and I didn't know how to listen. I didn't know, quite know sure how to interpret, and the last time I didn't react, I misinterpreted it, and things happened. So this time, I decided to reach out to some people. And how many knows you need to hold yourself accountable? Okay, this is part of how I'm going to do this. Y'all, I'm doing this to hold myself accountable today. When I had these dreams, I reached out to my pastor, first of all. Well, first my wife, then my pastor. Um, and they, I, I shared them with him, and come to find out, he'd been having visions. Well, guess what? Old man, young man. And that's when it kind of hit me. I was like, okay, all right, okay. And the, the, I'm going to share maybe two or three of the dreams with you real briefly. This was before everything started going online and getting conspiracy theory and all of that stuff, okay? God, God showed me the first one was a screen that came up on the TV. And he, for some reason, he uses TVs and, and like, drama with me. And, and when it came up, I saw a bunch of little logos come up on the screen, pop up all over the place, Twitter, Facebook, all kinds of different social media t- logos. And it started crackling. I heard it, and it crackled, and then all of a sudden they went, and so that was it. Now, tell me when you see that, not knowing what you know today, back then it was kind of like, what? Then the next thing I saw was the TV again. This was another dream. And the TV came up, Federal Emergency Broadcast System came on, and what I sensed from it was President Trump was having a hard time getting his voice out. So he had to use the emergency federal broadcast system to get his voice out. Now, hang with me, because I'm, I'm trying not to be one-sided or the other, okay? you got to understand this. The third dream I had was there was a, a money system problem, basically. The money came through, and I saw a whole bunch of numbers come up on the screen, and kind of like, uh, I don't know, the stock exchange or the matrix or something like that. And the numbers came flying across the screen. And I had to be careful on this one because I'm involved in some things that I thought might influence that. But it was as vivid as the other two were. So I think what he was telling me is, is there's money problems, and we're getting ready to see a financial, global financial change in the monetary system. It's so important, you guys, for you to be debt-free right now. You need to really strive and work towards being debt-free. Don't rely on what you're hearing that you might get your student loans forgiven. You can't rely on it. Rely on God's wisdom on what you're supposed to do. Can somebody bring me a water or something when you get a chance? Um, Then the next dream was the big one that really kind of shook me because I was looking at a theater a big movie screen. It wasn't a movie screen. It was a theater. And these curtains began to rise up real slow. And as they rose up, there was blood coming out of them from underneath. And as they rose up, 
one opened this way and one started coming up this way, I started seeing people that I recognized. And then I started seeing that they weren't just local, they weren't just national, they were in the world. And the people's audience, the people in the audience, Jaws, literally, it was weird. They, they dropped to the ground. It was like, and so what I saw were people being exposed and the truth being revealed, but people didn't believe it. So when I saw all these, I had to start putting them together and I had to start asking God, God, what, what are you trying to tell me? He said, I'm trying to tell you, you're going to see all kinds of crazy stuff. This is what I got. And two out of the four people I reached out to kind of basically said the same thing. You're, you're going to see a lot of stuff. You need to remain in me and don't worry about whether Trump is going to be in office. Trump isn't going to be in the office. Y'all, he might be in the office. Who knows? We'll find out here real quick. He might not be. Biden might be in the office. Who knows? He might not be. Okay? I don't know what God's doing, but I'm telling you right now, God's moving in the midst of all of it. And what we have to realize is he can move mountains. He can make ways where there seems to be no way. Even in resistance, God will move and God will do what he has to do. Now, what I, what, what I came to a conclusion for today was basically we're in a situation of good versus evil, right? Well, I couldn't think of anybody else that per, uh, projected that better than the book of Habakkuk. Brindley. <laughs> and and uh, when, I, when I started reading the first chapter, basically, are we, are we there? Uh, Habakkuk 1, 1 through 6. <clears throat> Let's read that real quick. And, and whoop, whoop, sorry. That's not quite as sturdy as I am big. Why does God allow the wicked to prosper is what, what basically Habakkuk is asking here. The burden or oracle, the thing that be lifted up, which Habakkuk the prophet saw. Oh, Lord, how long shall I cry for help and you not hear me? Have any of y'all ever asked that question? Now, let's forget about all the politic crap going on right now. Just put it aside, okay? How long shall I cry for help and you will not hear? Or cry out to you of violence? Is that, did I read that right? And you will not save. In other words, you're not saving me. Why do you show me iniquity and wrong and yourself look upon and cause me to see perverseness and trouble? For destruction and violence are before me, and there is strife and contention arises. We got some strife and contention right now? Okay, go on. Therefore, the law is slackened. Injustice and righteousness, sentence never goes forth. For the hostility of the wicked surrounds the uncompromisingly righteous. Therefore, justice goes forth perverted. Look around. You, Habakkuk, replied the Lord, among the nations and see, and be astonished, astounded, for I am putting into effect a work in your days such that you would not believe it if we're told to you. For behold, I am rousing up the, how do you say that word? Chaldeans. Chaldeans that better 
an impetuous nation who marched through the breadth of the earth to take possession of dwelling places that do not belong to them. I think that's the last verse, isn't it? You know, when you read that, how many can see that it kind of looks like a mirror? Pretty, pretty close, huh? You know, church today, a lot of church closed their doors, they still haven't reopened. Discussion of tax structure changes. I mean, things are coming at the church right and left. In the world, we've got abortion, we've got pedophilia, we've got child trafficking, we've got wars. What do you mean? Now, we got wars, people. If you don't realize it right now, we're in the middle of a war. Whether you realize it or not, we're at least in the middle of a cyber war. Okay? So, you know, when you take a look at all of those things that we're up against, I had to ask the question, did the church put themselves in this position? That's a hard question. That's a real hard question, but you got to learn to ask those hard questions. Has compromise creeped in the church? Has culture pressure pressed us down? Has the Holy Spirit been restricted? Have we increased seeker friendliness? Have we got our eyes off God and on big buildings, fancy lighting, big production, music, high salaries, more stuff, more stuff, more stuff? Have we let the government do what we should be doing? What about his hands and feet, y'all? What are we supposed to do? As a believer, what are we supposed to do? Can somebody tell me? Anybody? Spread the good news. Everybody say this. Seek and save the lost. Seek and save the lost. Are we... Are we supposed to be fighting about all this other stuff that's going on? You know, Mark said it last, night, last week. Church has complained more than they want to get busy. How many were around when Mark had that sermon wine bag? That goes, that goes back. I'm dating myself a little bit. You know, sometimes we're kind of like a wine bag. God can't even fill us back up because if he does, we'll burst. We can't even hold what he's trying to give us because we've been whining too much. We've been holding in all that stuff. Let's go to chapter 2. We see in Habakkuk 2, 1 through 4 in the Amplified Version. Oh, I know, and this is Darla, uh, believe it or not, Sandy is the original queen from way back in, she will not leave me alone about the Amplified. We had a pastor one time that just lived on it. Um, It drove me nuts because I'm a New King James guy. Oh, I know, I have been rash to talk out plainly this way to God. I will, I'm in my thinking, stand upon my post of observation and station myself on the tower's or fortress, and will watch to see what he will say within me and what answer I will make as his mouthpiece to perplexities my complaint against him. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and engrave it so plainly upon tablets that everyone who passes me may be able to read and easily and quickly as he hastens by. 
For the vision is yet for an appointed time, and it hastens to the end, fulfillment. It will not deceive or disappoint. Though it tarry, wait earnestly for it, because it will surely come, and it will not be behind, by, behind hand on its appointed day. Look at the proud. His soul is not straight or right within him, but the rigidly just and uncompromisingly righteous man shall live by his faith and in his faithfulness. Really, God gives it, what that's saying is God gives a plan, says to write it down, live by faith as it's fulfilled. You know, I'm real thankful Cade has mission statements. He has a written vision of what we're supposed to do as a church. I encourage you to go back and look at that periodically and see, am I, and ask yourself the hard questions. Am I doing these things? Am I a part of this? Am I really a part of the body? Let's go to chapter 3. In chapter 3, we see Habakkuk break out in a psalm of praise and resolves his problems. He realized God doesn't lose and his people always win. Let's go to look at that. Where are we at? Habakkuk 3. A prayer of Habakkuk, the prophet, set to wild, enthusiastic and triumphal music. That's kind of like Tim getting up on stage going, making his face. Okay. Oh, Lord, I have heard the report of you and was afraid. Oh, Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make yourself known. In wrath, earnestly remember love, pity, and mercy. God, approaching from... Saniah, come from Teman, which represents Edom, and the Holy One from Mount Paran in the Saniah region. Saleh, pause and calmly think of that. His glory covered the heavens and the earth was full of his praise. I don't think I need any more now. I think I just needed a few chapters there. Basically, I mean a few verses. There's some things we can learn from Habakkuk. First, what? He's asking hard questions, right? Second, what? God's talking to him. Is he listening? Third, praise. Okay? Things we can learn from Habakkuk. Pull that slide up. The first one, God's way are not our way. Yet, he can be trusted. Now, I want to ask you, do you really trust him? You believe him. But do you trust him? Even when things seem chaotic, God is still in control. You really think God sits back and goes, oh, my gosh, I didn't know that was going to happen. What are they doing? Number three, God wants what's best for us even when it's hard. Parents, My wife used to hate to spank the kids. First of all, when she did, uh, Aubrey was the worst. Did did you get one of those that flail everywhere? (laughs) You know, she pulls out the belt, tries to whip her, and it's like she hurts herself more than doing Aubrey. So, So I finally stepped up into that role. They didn't like that too much. Uh, So... You know, sometimes we have to do things we don't want to do. And sometimes, but it's the best thing. 
Okay. Number next one. Understanding how God's work is not my job. Listen, listen to you fixers. Listen, you problem solvers. You daytimer freaks. Understanding how God works is not my job. Trusting him is. The next one. Peace and joy don't come from my circumstances, but where? From God. Okay, let's go to the next one. The next slide. Do you have that slide up there? There's a slide, a picture, I think. There you go. That's an oldie bit of goodie. I used to love to watch. Now, now you can watch it anytime, but it used to be once a year, man. We'd gather in the front room in the living room. We'd wait for that show to come on, you know. And, oh, I hated the commercials during that show. Um, my timing is just that. It's my timing. But God's timing is perfect. Do you all know what he is? He's a God of the midnight hour. Now, for you morning people, you don't like that too much. But he is a God of the midnight hour. You stop and think about it. I mean, come on. You got your back to a sea? I mean, when's he going to do something? Come on. You know, then he parts to the sea. Then you go across and go, Lord, they're coming. What are you going to Then he closes it. Wipes them out. Never to be bothered again by those people. In other words, he's saying, bing. Okay, what about Paul and Silas? They were in the middle of a bunch of dung. We got kids in here, so I won't even say what I usually call it. But it's like they were in the middle of it. I mean, knee deep. Y'all, prison, that prison back then was in the dungeon. In other words, it was down beneath where the sewer is. Okay? And they were locked up. And what did they do? Remember what we talked earlier in chapter 3 about how Habakkuk praised God? Even in the midnight hour, and what happened? Earthquake came, sh- opened up all those, all those uh, cell doors, and guess what even happened? Families were saved. Now, did that happen before they went in? Was everything rosy? No. Let's, let's look at things we can... No, I'm sorry. We already looked at that. We don't always understand, but right in the middle of the book of Habakkuk, right in the middle, the just shall live by faith. So if you look at that and try and confirm it with other scriptures, you have Romans 1.17, and you have Galatians 3.11. And basically that's saying rejoice no matter what. Now let's look at the next slide. Things to apply from Habakkuk. Number one. It's okay to ask hard questions. How many of y'all have a dad still living or had a dad that you could call and you could talk to about anything? I did. I do. I have a dad, and and one of these days I'm not going to have that, but I love having that. That's the kind of relationship you have with your dad. You can ask him or talk to him about anything. I mean anything, you guys. When, when cancer tried to jump on me, me, me and Daddy had a talk. I was not happy. 
at all. And what you got to realize is when you ask those hard questions, sometimes you're going to get an answer. Sometimes you need to dig into the word. Sometimes God will use somebody else to speak into your life when you really need it. And, and, and it puts that light bulb on and you get that aha and you get that, okay. You got to have those questions though. You got to not be afraid to ask those questions. Number two, it's good to wait for an answer. Okay, here we go again, you fix-its, you daytimer freaks, men. I mean, we're real bad about not wanting to read the instructions, not wanting to wait on answers, right? Okay, we need to go into that secret place, and we're going to talk about that secret place here in just a second. And number three, we should always rejoice. Always rejoice. God is a God no matter what our circumstances are. God's got everything under control, you guys. He's always good and faithful. Always. Is it in our timing? No. It's in his timing. Now, I mentioned the secret place. Let's go look at that real quick. Psalms 91.1. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the mighty. Everybody go. That's what the secret place is like. You know you can dwell there? Think about it. Have you been dwelling in that secret place? Or have you been kind of? I'm just asking a question. You know, we need to go from God as a crisis ATM to God as a perpetual dwelling place. You know, it's, it, 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 it's, it's real hard when you're not working from that dwelling place and that secret place and it's not overflowing out of you when crisis hits. Because then when crisis hits, it just starts, you just start throwing, throwing out the word, throwing out the truth. But when you're not there, it's like, oh, God, help me. Yeah? That's why that secret place is so important. As humans, we tend to look at other things than intimacy with God to bring comfort. Substances we can touch, feel, sports. Drugs, food. How many things can you think of that you let get in that intimacy spot? It kind of sneaks in there, and then guess what happens? It becomes an idol. Idolatry starts to happen. Man, if you're in that dwelling place, you don't allow that to happen. It doesn't happen. It just automatically kind of goes off of you like water on a duck's back. But if you get outside of that dwelling place, outside of that secret place, it's real difficult. We need a fresh connection with God. We need to hunger and thirst for the things from God, not things that tag along with God. There's a difference between things of God and things that tag along with God. Don't get me wrong. I'm thankful for our praise and worship team. Amen? Amen. Amen. The word, though, that, that to have a relationship with God 
is what's going to pull you through those times when you need that secret place. That person that you can go to no matter what you say or what you do or how you act. You can go to him and you can say, I screwed up. Help me. You can't do that if you're not in that dwelling in secret place. It's real hard to go there because you've got to start breaking down all the walls and everything. If you stay in that secret place, it's easy. You're right there. doesn't mean you can't go. Don't get me wrong. I'm talking about the ease of working with a heavenly father that loves you and wants the best for you. Let's go to Isaiah 50 verse 4. Isaiah 50 verse 4. Is that up there? Do you have it? It's coming. Well, I'll just read it out of my Bible. Let me find it here. Oh, you found it? The servant of God says, The Lord God has given me the tongue of the disciple and of one who is taught that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He weakens me morning by morning. He wakens me, and he awakens my ear to hear as a disciple. We need to believe that he's going to awaken me to hear and to be able to speak what I need to speak when we're in that secret place. Perfect peace. Let's go to Isaiah 26.3. Isaiah 26.3, is that not up there either? Okay. You will guard him and keep him in perfect, perfect, everybody say perfect, and constant peace whose mind, both its inclinations and its character, is stayed on you. Who? God. Because he commits himself to you, lean on you, leans on you, and hopes confidently in you. Lean on me. I can't see him. Yeah, see, well, well, oh man, y'all are good. Y'all are good. Lean on God. He wants you to lean on me. Um, you know, praying in the Spirit, get a fresh word and direction, abide in that secret place, and then go out in faith and do it. Now, faith is kind of like a superhero, you guys. What do you mean? listen to this. When you see the invisible, you can do the impossible. Vision empowers the miraculous realm in your life. David marched to the front line completely unafraid of Goliath, the giant in the land. Y'all, evil always celebrates early. Evil always taunts. Okay? What was it that empowered the crazy boldness of the young warrior? He had a revelation about who God is. Unwavering faith and his revelation empowered action. He saw the invisible. Did he walk at it? Did he walk at the invisible? No. Made it clear he ran at it, knowing that that stone would take it down. Knowing that it would take it down. Let me give you a little bit of, uh, of my view on faith. This is Carryism, okay? But my, my, my view on faith with Carryism is this. He says, I gave every man a measure of faith. God, who did? Whose faith was it? 
So I've got God's faith? Wait a minute. Hey, that, that means I don't have to rely on my faith. It's God's faith. That's kind of how I had to look at that when I started going through some of the battles that I went through. I had to start realizing, man, I can't do this. God gave me the faith. Father, I believe whatever it is you're doing, it's going to be done, and I'm going to win. I'm going to come out on top. And it started bubbling up inside of me. When you get true faith inside of you, you all, what happens? Any of y'all ever see Medea, the witness protection? Remember Medea and witness protection? Remember that guy that was in the church that was in uh, band camp or whatever that movie was, the dad? He got, he, he's sitting in the church, and he stood up, and he grabbed that pew, and he stood up, and he said, I know! And they look at him, and you know? I know! What? I know! No, I know! That's the kind of faith that you got to have when you start walking through this. But can you get that without residing in that secret place? No, man, you can't. But once you get it, let me tell you something, people. You can march through anything. You can march through fire and come out not smelling like smoke. You know, I'm blown away how the enemy knows the potential of the church more than the church knows the potential. You know, why is the enemy working overtime? Why is he working so hard and working overtime to shut the church doors? Why is the enemy working so hard to shut down your praise, to shut down your voice? Why is he working so hard to stop you from preaching deliverance and salvation and repentance? Yes, we got the power. You're absolutely correct. You know. What happens when you know? When the church begins to know, they begin to pray, and they begin to know what? There's power. Miracles begin to happen. Yeah, the sick get healed. Demons run. You don't have to scream at them. They run. They don't even want to be around it. Prodigals come home. Things begin to shift. God begins to open a door. Maybe there wasn't even a door there. Guess what? He just created one. You know, in closing, I want everybody to bow their heads just for a minute. I think we're good in here, but I don't want to take a chance of not being good. You know, if you don't know, if you've never been in that secret place, and you really want a part of that secret place, man, the, the, the biggest thing I, 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 my heart cries out for is for salvation. To see, to see hearts changed. If you want a piece of that, it's yours. The Bible's real clear. All what you got to do is believe in your heart. Ask Him to forgive you of your sins and ask Him to come into your life, to be a part of your life. If that's you today and you're out there, I want you to just slip your hand up and slide it right back down. Amen. I'll see the hands. That's easy, man. That's all you got to do. It's not difficult. Hallelujah. You know, your life will never be the same. The life, your life will never be the same. Your sins are forgiven, man. They're gone as far as the east is from the west. He doesn't even remember them anymore. And you know what? 
Once you get that, he's got a tool chest full of cool stuff. You guys, he's got a tool chest. One of them is the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, that thing that will give you that check, that will give you that peace, that will show you this is right or this is wrong. That's yours too. Hallelujah. You know, we talked a little bit about this whole thing about prodigals. Been running. Stop running. He's ready for you. He's there with open arms waiting on you to come home. He's ready. All's what you got to do is take a step. You guys that need healing, that secret place, that's where healing abides. How many need healing in the room today? How many on camera? I know we got some on camera. Dana, the Lord says, pick up your cot and trot. That's what I just got. He says, pick up your cot and trot. Run. You're free. Johnny D. Ring. God's been speaking to you about some things you need to do. Do them. He's wanting to move in that household. He's wanting to heal your wife. He's wanting to heal you. You've just got to do what he's told you to do. And then walk it out, man, because it's coming. <clears throat> I'm going to read Romans 10, 9, and 10. I can't not read that. Sorry, you guys. You've got to listen to this because we had some people raise their hands. I want to make sure they got this down in their heart. It says that if you confess with your mouth... Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead you will be saved for with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation it's yours it's right there now I see I see relief it's like a valve has been turned off it's like the valve's been opened up and there's just all kinds of pressure all kinds of crud coming out it's not yours anymore it's gone it's gone. Last thing I want, if anything I've said to you today has spoke to you, I want you to know that I'm going to hang around afterwards for a little bit. If you want agreement on something, I'm more than happy to pray with you and agree with you. You will be set free. There's an anointing here today for deliverance. Chain-breaking deliverance. If you're tired of being hung up in that bondage, come see me. Come see me. Don't walk off. Don't say, oh, I'll do it at some other time. Come see me. I mean, run up here after this service is over. Amen? Father, I thank you right now. Thank you, Lord, for moving in these people's hearts. Thank you, God, for the salvations today. Lord, I thank you for the prodigal sons and the healings. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you that you're moving in the midst of us. All the things that we're going through right now, Father God, I thank you that, Lord, our eyes are focused on you. Our trust is in you, and we're abiding in that secret place, and we are going to win. We are going to win. Father, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, sir. That was good stuff. Yeah, let's give Carrie a hand. Thank you.
I don't know if I can talk as loud as him, so I'm like, Paul's probably going to have to ride that, that volume up. But I want to share something with you guys that was actually on my heart earlier this week to share for today, and that's in John 17, it's, it's Jesus and he's praying for us, and it's basically the last thing that's on his mind before he goes to the cross. And what he says is, he's, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. He's, he's praying to the Father, and that's what he's praying. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world. I'm asking you to keep them safe. So, so Jesus already prayed for you to be safe from the evil one, so you have nothing to fear. That's the first thing to get from that. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Then he says, make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. And this past week, I had a realization that most Christians are not in love with the Word of God. They don't see the Word of God as ultimate truth, and that's a problem. Because why would Jesus pray that if it wasn't a problem? He knew we were going to struggle with that. And so God set me on this mission for this year. He's like, I want you to teach my people to fall in love with the Word of God. Because he did that for me, and I was like, well, how did I get to the place that I am today? Is when I went to Ramah for two years, and I was in the Word of God for three hours a day, five days a week for two years straight. Along the, along the way, I fell in love with the Word of God. So the more time we spend in the Word of God, the more we fall in love with the Word of God. We realize it's truth, and we realize the power that it holds to change our lives. And we all have to get to that place, because if the Word's not truth in our lives, we're going to shake. We're going to be blown around. We're not going to know what the truth is. We're going to wonder, and people are going to deceive us, and the enemy's going to deceive us. So the Word has to be truth. And then he goes on and he prays several sentences about the importance of unity in the church. Like, I think that was really his number one thing in this prayer is he's like, I want them to be united as you and I are united, Father. I want the church to be in unity. And you're like, well, how can we ever be in unity? Because we found out this year that we don't agree on a lot of things. You know, me and Janelle, we had a chat on Facebook. There's some things we don't see eye to eye about, but we are united in purpose because her purpose is to seek and save the lost, just as mine is. We just don't really agree on the method of that right now. And you know what? We'll never fully agree on methods, on how we do it. And we're all different. So God may lead you to to save the lost in a different way that he leads me, and they seem contradictory, but they actually work together. So the thing is, we have to stay united in purpose and not fight over these methods and not fight over these things that we think we should be fighting about, that everybody else is fighting about, but just pursue unity. We got to stay united. We got to love each other because that's how the world knows that we're following Jesus is because we're united and we can stay together even when we see things a little differently. Amen. And that really ties in with everything that you just said. Yep. Amen. (sighs) Good stuff. I love the Word of God. Now, now I don't even know what else I'm supposed to talk about, so i got to pull it up. <laughs> Amen. Let's pray for a minute. Lord, we just thank you. We love you. We exalt you today. We, we are just so grateful that you are on the throne and that we can trust you. Lord, we run to you as our refuge, and we trust you to keep us safe. And Lord, we walk out this in faith. We're not going to be shook. We're not going to be swayed. We're going to be full of joy, full of faith, full of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, you guys know when it comes to missions, we're currently involved in two places, like two different countries. We got Mexico, which you hear about quite often, and then we got the Philippines as well, which I don't think I talk about as much. And I realized that two months ago, we actually helped them build a new church over in the Philippines, and we didn't really even talk much about it. It's really cool that you can build a church for like practically nothing over there because they're okay with it being open air. Of course, they got better weather than we do most of the time, so I mean, that helps out. 
Um, but I re- he sent me our missionary over there, Bonard. He sent me a message just a few weeks ago and said, hey, Cade, we're having to expand that church building we just built two months ago because it's already full. Yeah. So I just want to let you guys know about that because you're a part of that through your giving. And it's really cool because, you know, we don't really get to experience the full reward of what that really means to be a part of that through our giving here on the earth. But when we get to heaven and we go through that second judgment and God's like, here's the things that you did that lasted through eternity. These are the things you're going to hear. Remember when you gave at church and that helped support the Philippines and that person who got saved in that church in the Philippines and you were a part of that through your giving. Like those are the things you're going to hear about. It's going to be totally awesome. (laughs) I look forward to that day. Those are the treasures that we're storing up in heaven, right? It's good stuff. So if you guys are ready to give today and you're giving by cash or check, just raise your hand for an offering envelope. One of our ushers will bring that to you. Of course, you can give online anytime. And how you do that is you visit nolimits.fyi, tap the giving button. That'll get you where you need to go. And a little bit of business just to take care of as far as giving is we sent out the giving statements for 2020 just yesterday. Most of those go out by email. There's a link that you click and you can download those statements. If you didn't get the email, it could have went to your junk folder. Check there. If you still didn't, just let us know. We'll make sure that you get that giving statement because I know you all need that for your taxes and such. Thank you so much for joining us. And a special thanks to those that give in to our ministry. It's because of your generous giving that we're able to lead people to Jesus and make a difference all around the world. If you're ready to give, head to your browser and type nolimits.fyi into the address bar. And if you were encouraged by this podcast, then hit that share button and pass it on so that others can be encouraged as well. Or you can even take a screenshot and share it on your social stories. Thanks again for listening. Now let's go make a difference.